This is my comeback. This is my comeback story. This is Trey Lewis with Good Landing Recovery, and you're listening to The Comeback. This is Trey Lewis with The Comeback. I am so excited to have my friend and my pastor, Billy Humphrey, with us today. You know, as we, we go in here and, you know, do an intro to this program, this is, this is really special for me. I came out of a really hard season. I'd been clean for approximately... Uh, five years. I'd relapsed while I was out in California. And, you know, I, I got exposed to the house of prayer. One of the coolest things that, that ever happened to me was was right when I first got saved was a good friend of mine handed me the Mike Bickle, uh, Mary of Bethany series and taught me all about intimacy. And, and that's where I got, you know, exposed to to the house of prayer and ran hard after the Lord for five years, um, got really, really prideful and started to make some dumb decisions that led to compromise that ultimately led to a relapse in my life. And I was at this place where I just really thought that there was there was no hope that um, you know that I'd kind of wasted my shot and I didn't think God was going to be able to encounter me again. And as the Lord would have it, He brought me to the House of Prayer in Atlanta, and um, you know I remember going in there and just staying in the prayer room and just you know, all hours of the night and so grateful that there was a place of 24-7 prayer and worship that you could walk in and somebody that was so broken like I was could have a place where I could be restored. And, um, you know, I'm not going to, you know, obviously waste this this podcast sharing all, all of my story, but it's really important to me. And I want you to understand, some of you that might not know who Billy is, might not know who the House of Prayer is, um, of how important that that ministry is, and and just knowing the Lord like that um, is to to real freedom. And so, um, you know, Billy and I were talking just a few minutes ago about you know who's typically listening to this show and um, some things to to speak to, and and you know, and just and so many people just on the front end of of coming out of active addiction. And if you just want to share your story or anything that's on your heart, totally. man, we'd be grateful. Well, it's awesome to be here. And I mean, I remember when Good Landing was a dream, you know, and, and those early days of just talking it through with you and my brother and just how is this even going to happen? What's going to happen here? Is this going to be able to work? And and now just even being here, and I haven't been here in, I don't know, a few months, but coming over here to the facilities and just seeing a flurry of activity, all sorts of people that are getting helped all sorts of growth going on. It's it's pretty mind-blowing the way the Lord is using good landing right now. Amen. And um, I know people now, here we are uh, several years in, right? I know people who've gone through the program have come out the other side, and they're completely different. They're transformed. Amen. And it's, I mean, it's just like, wow, that was a dream way back. And here we are seeing the fruit of it. And And, you know, I mean, dealing with addiction right it's it's about dealing with a monster and you have to you have to take that monster out and uh so it's not always like you know cookie cutter clean and the way that people <laughs> get right. clear even your story yeah um but jesus is the answer no matter what right. to deliverance and so yeah i mean my personal story goes back you know i was raised uh in a household that you know, I, it didn't even really dawn on me, but we had had a tragedy before I was even born. My my oldest brother drowned in a pool, and so this veil of of sort of trauma 
was settled over my family, and I I didn't really understand it, you know. But I remember as as a young kid, you, you know, five six years old, holidays would roll around, and my mother would be broken in the floor looking at um you know family albums and things like that, and so there was always this sort of brokenness that we were we were experiencing growing up, and and I mean by the time I became like um you know, like a, a 11 year old, 12 year old kid, my brothers were five and six years older than me. So they were in high school and, um, my dad traveled all over the place. So they just didn't have much oversight. So they were just wilding, man. They were just out there just doing everything. And so I'm literally getting introduced to, uh, you know, marijuana, alcohol at 11, 12 years old, my brothers would come home and they would be, you know, drunk and, and high. And at first I was like, you know, that's horrible. You guys are going to hell or something. I don't, I wasn't Christian really. I just thought this is the worst thing I've ever seen you guys. But then, you know, curiosity as a, as a a young person, I'll be like, well, if my brothers are doing it, what is this? And so I literally got introduced to marijuana at 12 years old. I mean, I was smoking pot regularly by the time I was 13, staying high almost all day long and snorting cocaine at 13, 14. And, um, you know, that's super early for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I know there's stories out there worse than that, but for me, you know, just we're up upper middle class Dunwoody, Georgia, which is like, you know, a nice area and, and all my friends are on drugs and my brothers are on drugs. And I remember at about 15 years old and just, just getting so heavily into everything, just get anything I could get my hands on, just wanting to stay high all the time. And uh, not really going, knowing what was happening in my own soul. Like there's something inside me that's crying out for something more. I don't know what it is. The models I have, my two bro- big brothers, are going crazy. So I'm just following in their footsteps, you know. And um, internally I'm empty, I'm scared, I'm broken. And uh, I remember, you know, being like 15 years old and having – these experiences on psychedelics and just my mind just going, you know, wild, just going bonkers. And in this season of beginning to sort of lose a grip on reality, because I'm so young that when I'm introducing like LSD and shrooms on the stuff, it's like really messing with my, my psyche. And I remember in that place being asked, uh, you know, if you died, would you go to heaven or hell? Because here we are in the Bible about, I mean, this is, you know, Metro Atlanta, and, you know, hearing something like that, you'd hear it. And uh, and I remember being like 15 years old thinking, yeah, I know I'd go to hell for sure. Wow. I mean, I, I didn't even try to do the, I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, that wasn't even a thing, you know. It was like, no, I'm definitely not, you know, a Christian. I don't deserve anything. And just through, you know, the, really the mercy of God, I get to this place where I'm, I'm 15, I'm strung out. I mean, I lived high for a couple years straight, just any anything, over the counters, just anything I get my hands on. And uh just through the mercy of God, I get to the bottom of where I, you know, where I'd ever been and I'm just broken and I realize I I need to be rescued. Wow. I ne- I need something besides myself. I don't have the ability to change. You know, and I'm at the bottom. And there was one guy I knew that was a like that was a Christian, like a real Christian. Because I mean, I you know we would go to a church occasionally, and 
you'd see the same people at the party the night before that were there on Sunday morning. And I thought this stuff isn't real. You know, this is not real. But there was one man that I knew was a Christian and he was, he was the in-school suspension teacher at our high school. (laughs) And he was, his name is Stephen Foster. He was about five foot five, about 125 pounds soaking wet. But he was full of the spirit of God. And I mean, I had friends that, you know, they claimed to be Satanists and all stuff, and they wouldn't even go down the hallway where Mr. Foster's office was. They wouldn't even walk past the man. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I, you know, now I realize what he was doing. People would be walking past him in the hall, and he'd be putting a hand on him, he, and, he, 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 and people would say, how, how are you, Mr. Foster? He said, good, good, good things are going on, good things are going on. And he's laying hands on everybody as they're walking past wow, him and, cool. pr- and basically praying little blessings over people. But I remember showing up, I, I got a, I, I'm in high school, I'm in like 10th grade or something, I show up, I get a hall pass, I go to Mr. Foster, I said, I think, I think Satan's trying to kill me and take me to hell. And he looked at me, he goes, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I must have been the easiest salvation this guy had ever come across. I go, yeah, I think the devil's trying to kill me and take me to hell. He goes, exactly, he is. Satan wants to kill, steal, and, steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take you to hell. I go, what do I do? He goes... You need Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. Jesus Christ died on the cross, and he died in your place. So just like Satan wants to kill you, Jesus took that death on himself so that you trade your life for his. He just he explained it to me. And honestly, I'd been to church on and off, you know, growing up from early as I can remember, Easter, Christmas. I never got it. I never had understood, oh, Jesus died on the cross because I was supposed to die. I, it never made sense to me. I just never caught that. He says it to me, and I go, oh, I am supposed to die, but Jesus dies, and he died instead, and his death pays for me, and he was raised from the dead so that I can be raised from the death that I'm in. He said, you got to give your life to Jesus. And I remember, I I didn't know, he prayed, you know, he had me pray the prayer to receive Jesus. But I just remember, I'm a 15-year-old kid. My my brain is blown out. I'm having psychotic episodes. I'm having all this messed up stuff going on in my mind. And I walk outside that day, and I I mean, I literally, it was like the movie. I look up at the the sky, and I'm like, that that sky is blue. (laughs) It's really blue. It was like some sort of fog or sh- shade had lifted off of me. And I'm looking at the trees. I'm like, they're, gr- they're green. Like, they're really green. And I just remember staring into, staring into the sky and thinking, oh, my God, you're real. You are real. And that got me on this journey, you know, because, I, 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 you know, people have these testimonies. They say, well, I prayed to receive Jesus, and one second later, I was instantaneously delivered. Well, I, that wasn't the case for me. I... I I didn't get it. You know, I, I, all I knew is God's real. He, he, he wants my life, and, and that's how I don't go to hell. There was a process for me over the next couple of years, and I think that's a lot of people's experience. And it's, the Bible calls it sanctification. You know, it's, it's getting cleaned up. When you say yes to Jesus, he cleans you up, and then over time, he makes you clean, <laughs> And, and, and so what people mess up is they think, I've got to clean myself up That's right. That's good. before I can come to God. And that is not how it works. 
you say yes to Jesus and the power of the blood that Jesus Christ shed for you is spiritually applied to you, and it's called sanctification. God, he, he says you're clean right now when you say yes to Jesus. You may fail, but every time you fail, you have Jesus right there ready for you to come back to him. And if you repent, if you'll turn away from the sin and come back to him, he will cleanse you again and completely deliver you. And this is what I experienced that over the next two years, it was like I was operating in this broad margin because I was a brand new, you know, Christian. And over the next two years, as he was cleaning me up, he just began to close the margin and he would just show me, say, okay, that's not okay. And it would be very, very clear to my soul. And the Lord would bring me to another place of decision. Do you want to follow me or do you want to stay high? You want to follow me or do you want to stay doing these things that are destroying you? And every time I'd have to say, okay, I want to follow you. And he would, he was like piece by piece by piece, chopping off the dead limbs of my life until I remember I'd never been baptized. And this, I remember hearing this preacher and he said, um, you know, a lot of you have Jesus as your savior, but you've never made him your Lord. And man, when I heard that, that went right through me because that was my testimony. I just wanted to be saved from hell. I didn't quite get it that, oh, he's now the Lord over my life. He is God over me. He gets all that I am. He gets to be in charge of my dreams, my desires, my destiny. That's what it means to accept Jesus. It's not just getting the jet, you know, get out of jail, get out of hell free card. It's I'm giving him my life. And when this guy preached that message out of Romans 10, where it says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, the Lord of your life. He's the God over your life. You shall be saved. When he, when he preached that message, I realized, oh, I've been living with Jesus as my savior, but he's asking to be Lord of everything. And that very night I got baptized and uh, I was 18 years old. So that was a two and a half year journey for me from, you know, spring of 1985 to, uh, you know, uh, 88, the fall of 88. And uh, doing those math, yeah, two and a half year journey. And, uh, but that night, man, when I, when, I, when I went into that baptism, I knew I'm going down the old, dying to everything I was. And when I get up out of this water, I'm his. And whatever he wants from me, that's it. That's everything. Whatever he wants. And really, that's kind of the crux of Christianity. It's not some, you know, we were talking earlier about how some people, they think, well, if I give my life to Jesus, it's like I'm just signing my life off to a lifestyle of boredom. I'm going to be bored to death forever. But here's what I've come to experience. It's what you've experienced, that when you give your life to God and God really gets control the path that he has for you is something you could have never dreamed. I, I could have never dreamt that night, October 13th, 1988, when I, when I got baptized, I could have never dreamt where God was going to take me. I've been in underground churches in China. I've been in the Middle East and, uh, you know, preached the gospel in mosques. I mean, I've been in 30 plus nations where you just, there's just no, no way, no reason I, I should have any, any entrance into those places. 
and and the Lord has opened doors, you know, into these crazy locations where I've been able to preach the gospel. I've been able to share Jesus with people. I've been able to see God touch, move, heal, deliver, set people free all over the world just by saying, okay, you get control. You get control. I never dreamt that I would go to any of those places or be able to do any of the things that I've done. And, um, and I don't take any credit for it because I would never have gotten there myself. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is the thing. People think they're signing some ticket to boredom when they say yes to Jesus. They have no idea that the God who created them created them for wonder and wildness and what the, the thing that's beating in their heart, especially addicts, what's beating in their heart is that desire for, for you know, experience and, and wild, you know, encounter. And God is the one who is the wildest one. He's the one that, that offers encounter that transcends every one of our senses. And they're, what, the, what they don't realize is in drugs, in alcohol, in LSD or meth or whatever it is, cocaine, crack, whatever their, whatever their drug of choice is, they're actually going for a counterfeit and they're looking for something that's transcendent. And that's the word, transcendent. It simply means of another order. You want something that's beyond everything in this realm. And that's why you're going into that, that zone of encounter through drugs and alcohol. Well, man, I've been encountered by the Lord, spiritually speaking, dreams, visions, the Lord speaking to my heart, revealing things that I should never have known. He's taking me, taken me around the world. I've seen him do powerful, dramatic healings. I've seen him deliver people dramatically, shockingly, seen demons come out of people. It's all real. You're listening to me right now, and all you know about church is it's a steeple and a cross and a boring thing, and you sing some choir thing. You have no idea. God is real. This whole thing is real. The spirit realm is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Angels are real. Demons are real. I've seen demons come out of people. And it's the power that's in Jesus that is what enables us to not only access the Spirit, but to see heaven's authority transcend, come into this, this realm, into this place, into this, this place called earth. And so I would just say to you, you know, some of you that are in that place, you're right, you've just made the decision to maybe give your life to Jesus or to get your life straightened up or to you know, quote unquote, get your head on straight. You, you know, whatever it is you're thinking, you're, you're making a decision to try to turn it around. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you. He's real. And the power of Jesus to set you free is so available. He can deliver you, change you. And when you give your life to him, it will be the wildest ride you've ever ever dreamt. And, and for some, the wild ride is going all over the world. For some, it's he's going to make something of you that your family has never seen. He's going to make a man who has a solid marriage, who has children, who are solid people that love God, that love other people, that serve. And you've never seen that in your family. He's going to make you a wife that mothers children who want to you know, change the world. He's, he's going to do something with you that's so 
other than out of the ordinary that you could never have, uh, of a, you know, accessed yourself. And so that's, you know, that's my story, man. I mean, I, I'm in love with Jesus. He loves me so much. And that's really what this whole deal is. It's, it's this love story, right? It's here's us. We've figured out how to destroy ourselves. And there's him who loves us. And he's done everything he can to reach in and to rescue us and, and to make us into this dream that we would never have been. So good. Um, because, I, I mean, I think that's what that, that I see so often is, is people come in. And, and I remember, I remember being in my first treatment center, and they're introducing this idea of sobriety. And it wasn't from a Christian perspective. And all I could get my mind around was, you know, I'm going to wear, you know, g- goofy khaki pants and and go to some you know social club and sit around a coffee pot or whatever and talk about superficial sports and weather and do my best to not you know smoke cigarettes and limit my cussing like you know or I was going to just go to parties and be around the same people and try not to drink and then obviously that always culminated in a relapse and and just totally. a complete disaster um, you know, I was just 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 while you were you're talking, and I've seen you operate in in just so, so many different ways as a you know as a pastor, as a father of one who knows how to just host God's presence so well. And I could go a million different ways, and and hopefully we can do do more of these podcasts together. But um, you know, I'm thinking right now about parents that are you know, they had this dream maybe at one point that they were raising this 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 kid who was going to go and, you know, change the world or they were going to, you know, go to college and do well. And they're looking now that, you know, they're addicted to alcohol or they're addicted to pills or cocaine or whatever. And they're just thinking, man, this is, it's just, it's just, it's just over. Like there's just, my, my kid is now the second class, you know, whatever. And I'm too embarrassed that the neighbors or the Joneses are going to find out that we have this problem. Like, can you just speak into that or, 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 or pastor them through that situation? For sure. I mean, I'm a dad. I have four kids. My oldest son is 21. And uh, 21, 19, 17, we have three boys. And then my daughter, she's nine. She, we got her in the bonus round. You know, that was, <laughs> I call her our midlife crisis baby. I just wanted to prove we could still, still do this thing at 40, you know. But um, here's, what I, here's what I had to realize about myself that cuz I was a youth pastor for years and I had I had ministered to so many other te- you know other people's teenagers and seen their lives changed and um turned around and you know all sorts of come off of all sorts of hangups and just get fiery for Jesus here's what I had to realize your own kids is far different than someone else's kid right so as I'm raising my kid I'm my kids and thinking about my oldest, because you know the oldest ones are always the guinea pig. We're always, we're trying everything out on them. We're trying every book we read out on them. And poor poor oldest, I think Daniel, you've been getting ready to have your first brother. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of grace for that first one. Anyway, so for me, there was a point where I had to realize, wow, I have all these dreams for my son. What's God's dream? What's God want for him? Because there was a, a pressure that I was putting on myself and on, on him to be something that I was envisioning 
without hearing, really getting God's heart for who he is and, and who God wanted to make him. And what I, what I had to come to grips with was uh, the failures that I was seeing in him, they were my failures, and I had to own them. I had to humble myself and own them as a father and say, okay, I'm imperfect, and, what, and, and, and a lot of the things I've done are imperfect. And so I need to ask you to forgive me. To, and I just had to come down off that pedestal. And I think a lot of times parents, they think, well, I've got to be perfect so my kid has something to measure up to. But guess what? You're not perfect. You're going to jack it up. You're going to mess it up. Let me help you. Learn to be humble and say, I'm sorry. For real. Learn to say, I'm sorry. And sometimes all our kids need is for us to come down off that pedestal, to get broken in front of them, and to apologize for where we've, where we've made mistakes. And this is what I tell parents all the time. Look, there is no parenting 101 you know, school book that we all get when you, you know, have a baby. They don't, they don't hand you that as you walk out of the hospital. <laughs> you know, you've got Jesus, you've got the Bible, you've got wisdom from the Lord, you've got these, these things, but, uh, you know, when it comes to actually fleshing this out, it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. And so the point of it isn't to be perfect in your parenting. The point is to own your mistakes and, and to repent and apologize. And then this is what I would tell you, mom or dad, listen, you see your kid and, and he's, he's not what you'd hoped he'd be at this point. Don't allow who they are today to demand what they will be tomorrow because the dream of God for your son or your daughter is completely, it may be completely different than where they are today, but it is still intact. And while there's faith and while there's hope and while you have, you're using uh, your faith and prayer to, to see that, that destiny come to pass, this thing is still totally available for your kid. Who God wants them to be can be fully actualized. Sometimes you're the only link in their life keeping them connected to that. And so I would say, do not give up hope. Stay prayerful. Keep crying out to God. He sees he hears and he answers. And the dream that he has for your child, it's still there. Don't give up hope. Believe God to do whatever God has to do to see to it that your son or your daughter is going to come into who God has created them to be. I, there's someone in the program right now that I've known since he was five and right now. And you know what? He's come to the end of himself and I've known his parents, and the parents have been praying and believing God, and I believe he's at a turning point right now. Wow. You know? And I'm, I mean, it took a while. It took a minute for him. I've seen him go through ups and downs. I've watched it for the last 10 years. But right now, I'm seeing something shift in him that's very unusual. And I'm telling you, I, his dad has kept the line praying for him, and and... And I'm watching the, the fruit of those prayers come to pass right now. It's been a decade. Wow. So good. And this is what's so exciting right now, too, because I mentioned this a little bit on the front end, but, I mean, you're, you're listening to, I mean, really the pastor of Good Landing Recovery and to, um, you know, have our clients, the, the people that, that God has 
has entrusted to us and to be able to connect them with the house of prayer, to have them over at Newbridge, and then to have a pastor, really pastors, you and Jeff both. Yeah, and Dustin, all three of us. Yeah, and and have, you know, when when you've come out of addiction. Yeah, Dustin was clean. Yeah, right. (laughs) Jeff and I were the mess ups. (laughs) Right, not trying to put you in that category, Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but, but, but also, and there's just something that that when you know not that you, you that that somebody has to have gone through and known the depths of active addiction to be able to understand or to be able to speak God's truth to set somebody free but it is incredible whenever you know these clients are looking for something to be able to hold on to and they're not just listening to some you know masters in theology pontificate but somebody that is like that has come up out of that place and that speaks from that place to say man I know from personal experience that God is able and he can deliver you out of that mess that you're in and um you know it's just a it's a big deal and it carries a lot of weight and and then I think for them to be able to hear your story you know like you shared today in its entirety and and coming from the place of being delivered and then also um, you know, from the parents' perspective too, it's just huge. Is, is there anything else? I mean, maybe um, you've got somebody that 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 just got saved. They don't know what the heck that even means. Of some real practical steps that while they're in this environment to to be able to walk out. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal: Christianity is not simply a system of belief. It's not some you know. It's not just some religion. That's that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is a relationship between you and Jesus. And and so oftentimes we get it wrong. The church messes up. Pastors mess up. Preachers. Jesus never messes up. So here's my point. There's all sorts of people that will help us along our way, but they're all imperfect. Every one of them is imperfect. Jesus is perfect. And so what I want what I want to tell you is Get to know Jesus. That's the key, okay? So centrally thought, the central thought, Jesus is who you need to know. Now, how do we get to know him? We read the word. And in, in, in the Bible, and you might be new to the Bible, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. The first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell about Jesus' life. It's the easiest way to learn what he's like, what he did, what he taught. And I would just say this, you know, when you first start reading the Word, sometimes it's a little bit like, man, I I don't quite, I'm not quite getting this. You need Holy Spirit. You need God to ask you. You need to ask God to help reveal it to you, make, make it make sense to you. But I will tell you this, as I stayed studying the Bible, reading the Bible as a young man, I fell in love with Jesus I saw how much he loved me. You know, John 15, one of my favorite passages, verse 13, he says, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And he goes, I don't call you servants, I call you friends. That's Jesus. And man, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to find out what he's like, what he taught, the way he cares, the way he thinks, it will anchor your soul in a way that nothing else could. John 15 is one of my favorite passages. Every word in that passage is in red, and the red letters are all what Jesus said. So start right there. Read John 15. You could, you could get up 
finish listening to this podcast and read it right now, and that's Jesus. Another one of my favorite verses is right there in that passage. He says, as the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. In other words, remain there. And this is, man, this, this took all the pressure off me in my Christianity when I realized this whole thing is relationship, and it's all about Jesus wanting to love me and wanting me to love him back. That's all this is. That's all Christianity is. It's flowing back and forth in love with God who is love, who created everything. Who, he is a fire of love. And, and that's really what all of our souls are looking for. The depth, every man, every woman, the, the strongest, toughest, biggest, baddest guy, the most rebellious girl, whatever, at the core of who they are, there's something inside of you that wants the thrill of what it means to be loved fully and to love one who is completely other than you. And, and that's at the core of your makeup. And man, when you start accessing that and you start sensing and engaging that thrill of, of flowing in love with God, nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. And, and you know, thinking about addiction, we're going after these highs, right? The point is we're looking for that transcendent pleasure. And what we don't realize is we're woven together. We're made by God for love. And so my point is when you engage God in love, something ignites on the inside and you realize this is what I'm made for. It's what I'm made for. It's, it's the purpose for which I'm breathing to be loved by God. And so I would just tell you, you know, you're getting started. Start, start reading about Jesus. Start talking to Jesus. Start learning what he taught. See how he acted. Look, look at what he did with the woman that was caught in adultery. Look at how he treated his disciples, even when they were knuckleheads and saying all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Even when they were like trying to figure out who would be the next in line and who is the greatest. And he's bringing them back to like, look, this is how my leaders are. My leaders are servants. I'm a servant. Get to know Jesus and, and, and then, you know, get locked into a good group of believers, people that are fiery, love Jesus. They aren't just going through the motions. It's not, not some show. They're, just, they're really loving Jesus. But at the core, it's your relationship with Jesus and knowing the love of God. That's everything. That's what sustained me. That's what's carried me all these years. It's not, you know, do, going and doing super, you know, super cool stuff or ministry exploits or some kind of platform or being known. None of that even matters to me. Yeah. I've been on huge platforms. I've been in front of tens of thousands of people on these giant platforms. You know what I know about every one of those platforms, 50,000 people looking at me? I walk off the platform and that platform is done. It's in my past. But you know what's in my moment? Jesus, his love. His love carries me. And so that's, that's the key is living for the love of God. And so get to know Jesus, get to know him through the word, talk to him in prayer, just share, just share your heart with him, pour out your heart to him, just like you would a friend. And then get around others that, that really love him, man, that'll help you to, to go hard after him. So good. Man, there's so many other things that I would love to ask you about from correction. I mean, we just, we just got to get you, you back. Yeah, let's do here. it. I'd love to. It'd be great. <laughs> um, 
and, and again, I, I know that you would never self-promote, but I also know that a lot of people want to be connected to you, um, to be able to connect it to your ministry. How, how do, where, like, where do they find you? Yeah, so um, I'm on all the social media platforms. If you just, if you look up Billy Humphrey, you'll find me. Um, and, but the easiest one-stop shop is, is if just go to my website, billyhumphrey.com. It's B-I-L-L-Y-H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y.com. I've got all sorts of free resources out there. I felt really strongly um, from the Lord that I'm supposed to just give it all away. And, um, you know, he says, freely you receive, freely you give. And so um, that's what I do. So I do like all sorts of teaching and podcasts and I write weekly and, and I do e-courses. And I, it's, I mean, these are like college level classes that I teach, you know, and some of it's beginner level, some of it's more advanced, but I just give it away. And, um, you know, that's, that's to serve. That's just to be a blessing and yeah. to, be, to, to help people. So it's all there. You can get it on my website, billyhumphrey.com. Really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's already, I mean, just something you just rolled out, and there's already hundreds of people that are, that are enrolled in it. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we've, this year, we're on our third class, third e-course. And the first one, we had 400 students. Second one, we had 525 students. Wow. The third class, it's all live. So, you know, to do a live class is, is harder because uh, people have to s- set up for the time of it. We have 350 students on that one wow. for the live one. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing because, you know, we're sitting here in the middle of this pandemic. So everybody's trying to grab information, content from online. And so it just seemed to be the right. It is, we just hit it just right. So, yeah, there's, we have hundreds of online students right now, you know, just taking these classes. And we're just going to continue to offer them just as long as, you know, the Lord gives us, gives us the grace to do it. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm excited. Um, we have one of our own, uh, Chelsea Johnson, who's getting ready to go through an internship. Um, I went through an internship at the International House of Prayer. So again, um, if, if this is something that, that interests you, you want to know more, um, you can reach out to us and we can guide you over there. If you want to go to Billy's website, you can do that as well. But it has just been an absolute honor. And I love you. And I love you, bro. For you. Thank you so you much. You and Holly are the best. I love good <laughs> landing. I love all that's God's doing here. It's awesome. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It is a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you. If you or someone in your family is struggling with addiction, please give us a call. It's 770-570-7422.